Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.
to every one of you tuned in and listening to us right here on Joy 99.7 FM. My name is Adam Knight Tay. Always a pleasure to be serving you family lessons 6.15 through to 7.30 every Saturday morning. You energize us. You drive us. You inspire us. And we say thank you for tuning in. For always being ready on the other side. And for partnering with us on this journey. Where our mandate is to make homes out of houses. Thank you. Akpenami. That's where my house ends. And a very big thank you to our partners who sponsor as they bank on our show. Amasha Partners Limited and I care. Yum Vita, a delicious way to grow. Dana Milk, choose tasty milk. Choose tasty milk, choose nourishment, choose Dano Milk. Dano Milk, go for it. We say thank you so much to all of you. believing in homes, for believing in families, for believing in humanity and for putting your money where it matters most God bless you I am sure by now you know what usually happens in October right? turn the volume higher for breast cancer awareness in October and for us here on Joy 99.7 FM this year we're happy to be working with Sonotech Sonotech Medical and Diagnostic Center. Was it on the 2nd of October or so? We were on the Cosmopolitan Mix where we kick-started our conversation on breast cancer awareness. Sorry. Home for it is usually on the Cosmopolitan Mix, so you don't want to miss any part of that show this month. There will be awareness creation, education. We're telling you where the screenings are happening across the region so that you're able to get your breasts screened. It's important you do so. 
then on Saturday mornings, the whole of October, we're doing something different. We haven't done that before. We're dedicating the show to celebrating survivors. sharing their stories of courage, survival, and hope. No, don't worry. We're not going to be sounding all medical on the show. We're going to talk about breast cancer and how it impacts homes and families. When mothers are involved. When sisters are involved. When children are involved. That's what our focus is going to be. So don't worry. Yes, we will be having the medical perspectives. For instance, this morning, we're going to be having conversations with Dr. Um, Grace Backman at some point. But the focus really is going to be on um, the survivors and their stories. morning we kick start the series with Mrs. Georgina Kuma Jaga. Georgina is a social entrepreneur, breast cancer survivor and advocate, founder Flames of Hope Foundation and Executive Secretary Breast Society of Ghana. Hello, Gina. Hello, Adam. I like the way you have shuttled this morning <laughs> and the way you have sugared yourself this morning. How are you? I'm doing well. And how the, how's the family? Very well. Everybody is fine. Yes, please. Great. How are you? How do you feel? I want to hear more. <laughs> you know, someone told us that when you ask people, how are you? And they say, I am fine. Don't, don't just take I am fine because it's just the response to it but you want to care a bit more and ask like i mean how are you how do you feel adam honestly this is my month where i want to continue the fight for um those who have lost their lives for those who are still in the fight and for those who are yet to even be diagnosed so i'm just i mean energized each morning to go all out to do what i have to do and when you do that, what, what, what drives you? To see every woman survive this, to give hope. To women who are going yeah. through the fight. Great. So we will go from the genesis, how you became a fighter because or an advocate, because I am very sure you didn't set off to be a breast cancer advocate. When you were growing up, I'm sure when they asked you, what do you want to become in future? You never said that I wanted to become uh, a breast cancer advocate. No way. I'm not sure you ever thought about it. Great. So tell me, you woke up one fine morning and realized that you had breast cancer? Yeah, it was that unexpected. Mm. So before 2017, I thought I was in control of my life. Uh, October, I felt this unusual pain in my, it was October 2017, and I felt this unusual pain in my right breast, but How I ignored it. Like? It was just like a piercing, like sort of. Please, I'm asking these questions so that we all take notes. 
she said it was just a piercing pain, pain like yeah. a one-off thing or it, it was recurrent uh, at first I, I thought it was one-off until I, I i realized it was persistent and that that was like a month before after, after before i felt i attached the breast then i realized you no know, there was an, an unusual lump in there just by touching it, just it's not by like touching. you were deliberately examining it at all. So I wasn't self, um, I wasn't, uh, I, I never did anything like self breast examination. I, I didn't I'm even sure know didn't about even it. I didn't know about I it. I didn't know about it. And just like many others, it wasn't like I've, I had not heard of breast cancer. I've been hearing about it, but I would say, oh, what, is, what I told is about this thing that every October people are making noise. So I never paid attention to symptoms or signs and all that and so when i felt that lump mm -hmm. i didn't act as i should okay i you, spent you, another i'm not sure you didn't think it, you didn't think it was anything not at all the, I mean, it didn't cross my mind that it could be breast cancer i had just weaned my son he was two years there mm. so i i was very very sure that it was um one of those side effects of i mean post winning so i self-medicated for almost three months Ask me what I was doing. What were so, you condo, um, uh, the so called cabbage uh, leaves. You should put it around. Exactly. Hey. You know, so I was doing all that, and I when the pain persisted. I'm a Christian, so you can't trust that for the wow. anointing oil is suffered in my hand. But into it's actually not a bad thing. <laughs> no, not a bad thing though. But I was acting in ignorance. Exactly. Ignorance that could have caused my life. Yeah. You know, because if you knew I would and have, you were doing what you had to do and also applying faith, then it will work better. Exactly. Great. Exactly. So in January uh, 2018, I realized the pain was becoming unbearable. So I decided to see a doctor and they did what they had to do. The but clinical. Did you have any swelling? Was there As of that time, the swelling was not obvious. Okay. It wasn't obvious, but when you feel it, you you know that. I mean, anybody, even a baby touches, will know that there is something there. Like it felt like it was. It was very lumpy, and it was just moving around, like as if it was something alive, like a living thing there. The lump was you could. Yeah. Wow. If you feel like you, you touch, it, then it moves. So. Wow. Yeah. It it was that freaking. But I, I mean, I was making joke of it, so I was just like that. You to come and touch and see, then you know they will touch you like. Ee. I, I didn't know it was my life I was joking with. Wow. <laughs> so it was after three months you went to after the hospital? After three months, I went to the hospital. They did what they had to do, their clinical breast examination and then breast ultrasound scan. And it was benign. They told me it could um. be an infection. But uh, I realized the doctor was not convinced with the findings mm. because they repeated the ultrasound like four times. Mm. And when he asked me to live with the antibiotic, he told me to look out for further changes, including discharge, changing uh, skin texture, hardening of the skin, uh, like if the skin is hardening or color. I mean, so I was like, no, I think he's suspecting something. Mm. So when I got home, I Googled all the, the, the signs that he mentioned and breast cancer just popped up, like, goodness me. Wow. And then I panicked. Wow. I think th that was where I started losing weight. <laughs> that very moment, I'm sure I lost like an instant <laughs> one kg effortlessly. Oh. <laughs> I sought a second opinion. And your baby was? Just two years. So you that's had other children? Yes. 
I had um, um, four kids as of At that the time. Who was the oldest? How old was the Nine oldest? years. Wow. But I had a foster son who was 12 years then. Wow. My biological daughter, the eldest was nine. I had a nine then. Mm. And I sought a second opinion. I, I was that scared. The hot if, hot if it is breast cancer and he missed it. So I went, uh, when I saw the second daughter, I just told him that, see, I've, I've had this unusual pain and lump in my breast for uh, more than three months now. And I've tried everything. I've had ultrasound and it says been cabbage and corn. <laughs> <laughs> you know some of the things you, you are even ashamed to even say it. That, that, that <laughs> one is is is. <laughs> when you begin to wow. see some things like breast cancer, possibility of breast cancer, you you, you yeah, don't want to seem stupid. But the cabbage and the condo bit is not is not sinking in. <laughs> wow! Today we are able to look back and smile. Oh, at yes. It. So I, I told him that I suspect I have breast cancer. Mm. So I want him to do all the necessary tests available. I don't mind how much it will cost me. My life was at stake. I just want to have that peace of mind that it wasn't it. Because they thought that, what if it is it? And Yo, you see what I was asking? I was telling you, I told Dr. Grace Backman too. We'll be speaking to her. Oh, I see her on Zoom. Hi, Doc. How are you? Hi, Adam. Beautiful. I'm very well, thank you. Good morning. Good morning. You see, the day we did the launch, I was talking to you about ignorance being bliss. Reasons a lot I of know. people don't want to go and check. I'll come to you. <laughs> okay. I'm Gina. definitely okay, on standby. So, great. Gina, yes. Okay, so this second doctor um, said he was very, very sure that it wasn't breast cancer. Okay. So I was requesting for... Ma I, I was reading. I, I started reading a lot. So I was making the request mm -hmm. now. I just want him to <laughs> put it on so <laughs> on a form for me to go there. Uh, please prescribe or request a mammogram for me. Uh, MRI. I was mentioning things. And he said, you don't need all that. Wow. I mean, you are 30 years, painful lump. No, I'm confident it is not uh, breast cancer. And then because I had mentioned I had done um, some ultrasound already, he said he was very sure that it wasn't so. He also asked me to go, but I wasn't convinced. I saw a third opinion, sort of fourth opinion. Hey. Yeah. Why all of them were dismissing it? Yeah. Wow. But I, I had wanted them to do something like, don't just... Look at Listen me. To it and do. Use your hand to do the clinical breast examination. And no, I wanted them to do something that I would be convinced. I myself, something I mean beyond what they were doing. No, did you? I mean, did they tell you why they didn't want to do the other test? Like you yeah, know. Yeah, because the ultrasound said it was nothing, and then the fact that I mean it was a painful lump and um, considering my age too, I think they. they I I felt. I mean, they, they were so sure. Gina, hold on. This is why I want to bring in mm. Doc. Hi, Doc. Hi, Adam. Okay, so my worry and my concern right now is she did an ultrasound and the doctor, I mean, after the first ultrasound, told her to look out for further changes. Um, yeah, thank God she's lettered. So she went reading around it and then realized that this could be how is it that she went to see a second doctor, a third doctor, and on to the fourth, and she wanted further exams done so her mind could be at rest, and all the doctors were dismissing it? 
How does that happen? Especially so when she is going to be paying for all of these things herself. Why were they being dismissive? Okay, thank you very much, um, Adam. Um, first of all, let me say that Gina is, is one lucky person. Um, she's a, a fighter as well. Typically, breast cancer doesn't present with a painless lump, you know. So she had two atypical things, if I should say. First of all, she presented with a painful lump. Mm -hmm. If I am sitting in the consulting room and a young girl like Gina comes complaining of a painful lump, the first thing I will think about will not be breast cancer. However, over the years, data has showed us that early onset breast cancer is becoming, you know, something we should all be very concerned about. Um, in the past, usually about 40 years, then we start thinking about the possibility depending on your risk. However, now, irrespective of the age of the woman, every clinician, once there is a complaint with the breast, every clinician has to you know, need to have that index of suspicion. And I'm sure that's exactly what happened to in Gina's case. Someone who was 30 years, I mean, she didn't have a significant family history or any other thing that should increase her suspicion of breast cancer. And she didn't present in a typical way. Typically, breast cancer will start like a small silent lump inside your breast. And most of the times, it's not painful. Mm. Once you talk about pain, we start thinking about other things. And so it tells us again that even the symptoms and all that we talk about, it's not like a one size fits all. Everyone is different. Mm -hmm. So every patient has, be, has to be managed in that you know, unique way. And this is also one clear example of sometimes I would say our system failure. <clears throat> so the WHO has this global cancer initiative that's especially for low and middle income countries like Ghana, at least within 60 days of someone presenting with any symptom at all, we should be able to make that conclusive diagnosis if it's breast cancer we're dealing with or not. Um, and definitely after her complaint, someone should have been more interested to make that conclusive confirmation. And usually for a young person like Gina, definitely an ultrasound will be done. But sometimes even with the ultrasound, if you are not sure, depending on the nature of the complaint, you can add your mammogram. Not just that, you can go ahead and do your biopsy just to be very sure. And unfortunately, sometimes these are some of the things that happen, um, especially when you are not expecting certain age groups or certain groups of people typically to probably be having breast cancer. So I think this is a call of, uh, you know, to action for all of us, especially we the clinicians. Um, we shouldn't exempt anyone. Thank you. Irrespective of who the person is, once there's the complaint, let's go through all the necessary processes. Let's definitely do a tissue diagnosis. And it's only at that point where we can confidently say if this is breast cancer or not. Don't. That's why throughout this month, we are saying that it's not even just enough to be doing the screenings and all that. Even as a very well-trained medical person, your clinical exam will not be able to pick up everything for you. Exactly. That's why you need to go ahead with your imaging. That's why you need to go ahead with your biopsy if you have any index of suspicion. All right. So unfortunately, in Gina's case, some of these things cause the delay.
Thank you. And this is where I want to say, bam, you nailed it. Because I was going to say that at this point, the awareness shouldn't just be for, you know, um, we the non-doctors or the non-clinicians that go and have it checked, go and have it checked. People are having it checked. And in her case, um, one, two, three, on to the fourth clinician. And nobody was willing to go a step further because like you're saying they're putting her in a certain age bracket thinking you're young and then you know trying to exclude her and that would have been fatal thank you very much doc so please our clinicians i beg sometimes when we come complaining and because yes like doc rightly said your when you use your hands to do whatever it is you're not able to pick up everything and when you know the patient keeps complaining and complaining we're hoping that um a lot more attention will be paid as well okay doc i'll come back to you later but let me come back to gina so was it the fourth person who now agreed to go further yes please okay so he requested for a complimentary ultrasound uh, uh, scanning then the mammogram mm -hmm. so i had that done the mammogram actually didn't pick anything but the ultrasound was highly suspicious of um, breast cancer wow. and so um i had to do the biopsy See. i had that done and it then believe you me the result came it was benign oh i was excited because of course that was what i was hoping and praying for yes. and then I, I felt um a lot more at peace because i i knew that the um that the biopsy was going to give that conclusive um, yeah, con I mean, diagnosis. evidence that it wasn't uh, breast cancer. But interestingly, um, the doctor told me, though it was benign, he still had to take the, the lump out, mm. partly because it was painful. And then, of course, um, in case there is a, another lump that could be breast cancer, I wouldn't miss it. All the while you were on the antibiotics, they yes, gave please. you the... Yeah. Was it working? No, Did there was no change. The pain no. There was no change at In all? In no way. There was no change at all. Okay. There was no change at all. So um, he asked me to come back in, in a week time for the procedure to be done. But three days after I left him, he called me back that he wanted me to repeat the biopsy. He was having sleepless nights. There's a doctor, I, I mean, I don't know, it's a government hospital I met him. Yeah. But God was so much on my side that um, he said I should repeat. I said, no, it was a painful experience. <laughs> and uh, I mean, m money, no, I, I was convinced then that it, it wasn't. Was nothing. It was nothing because after biopsy, what again? Mm -hmm. You know, but he insisted and I realized it was in my best interest. So I went for that second biopsy and I was so sure the result was going to come the back same. the same. But unfortunately, it was cancer. Wow. And how did you switch from being convinced that it was not cancerous to now just this one other diagnosis and then you accepted it? Uh, so I wasn't going to accept that i insisted on a third opinion oh like <laughs> i said i'll go for a third now i'm the one requesting for the third mm. biopsy now uh, he said um i shouldn't bother he, he's, he was going to take the lamp out anyways and um it will be sent back to the pathologist to look into okay so that, that was going to give us a lot more, more evidence mm. as to uh, if it's cancer what kind of cancer and all that so i shouldn't worry so he told me considering the size of the lamp, the position of the lamp on my breast, which was around the 10 o'clock area of my breast. And the fact close? that, okay, so somewhere here. <laughs> <laughs> close to your armpit. Yeah. Okay. You know, and the fact that the initial biopsy indicated it was an early stage kind of breast cancer, and it, it wasn't the invasive type. 
So that qualified me to have my breast conserved. So I had a lumpectomy or the white local excision. Okay. And uh, though I didn't agree to do that readily, I, I, I mean, he, he told me that that was going to give more evidence as to exactly what was Happening in there. So you. I agreed and we went for that. And it came back and there was, a, there was another form of cancer or type of cancer that was invasive hidden in there. Hey. So <laughs> at that moment he told me, Gina, I don't think um, I can continue with you. I may have to refer you to Kolebu, but he, he mentioned a lot that I, I was said possibly would do chemotherapy, radiotherapy, hormonal therapy, dog, all of this. No, I don't think I'm interested. I think he even mentioned all of that even before the, the surgery that I had, the initial surgery that I had, and I told him I wasn't going for all that. But it, it sounded very scary. The mm -hmm. side effects didn't sound pleasant in any way. I said, no, I don't think I have the strength to go through all that. I mean, there should be alternative medications out there. Then he asked me if I knew of any, and mm -hmm. I said, yes. I think food, like, yeah, I could go on some strict diet and, yeah, yeah, I should be able to, my, my body should be able to get rid of all the cancer. Then he looked at me just like you are looking at me, that, you know, are you done? I said, yes. So do you know anybody that has had cancer and then and gone on this, I said, I'll be the first, even if, I, if there is none, oh. you know. I was that hopeful. Then he said, Gina, you are very young. I wouldn't dismiss you just like that to go and try. And then he brought two pictures. Then he, he told me this lady came, very good case. You, you, I mean, it was two breasts. So he told me, I mean, do, do I see cancer in this breast? I said, no, he said, no, but there was cancer in there, but good case a case i mean he, she could have easily survived but she said she was going for alternative medication she came by then he showed me another picture very oscillated breast oh so that was when i agreed to have that initial surgery done anyway this doctor is god sent dr chumesi wherever you are may god bless you so wow. <laughs> so before we go into the treatment where we'll have a lot more from doc now let's come to the family where was your husband in all of this like when you started the journey you went and came back where was he <laughs> So, he, he wasn't aware of um, the pain and the lump at the initial stages. Until you didn't tell him? No, no, no I, I, I didn't think it was, it was anything I should bother. I mean, everybody around, like the kids, everyone I had told to come and feel and freak out because, it, I mean, I, it was mm. amusing for me that they would come feel it and do shee, you know. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I never drew his attention to it. But when I did, that was when he also said no. I mean, I th he thought, I, I mean, I, I should see a doctor. So he actually went with me to the hospital, the first um, appointment that I had. And the first biopsy too, he was with me, but he couldn't stay. No, th that was the second biopsy. That one I was sent to the theater. Mm -hmm. The doctor said he wanted to get enough of the teach the, the tissue so it, i mean i was semi-conscious when he, uh, he was supposed to have escorted me accompanied me into the theater because i was that scared I, i've had um series of surgeries before mm -hmm. that breast cancer i was I, I i was like i had this panic at any time i have to uh, even the thought of going to theater alone Blowing and then he ran away, he ran away. <laughs> <laughs> We just got to the entrance, and then he was like, hello, okay. <laughs> Later on, he would tell me that he didn't receive any call. He couldn't stand it, like, the sight of all those things there. Oh. <laughs> he would have just fainted, but then he's been supportive. But he stuck around. He wasn't yeah, just yeah. in the theater. No, 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 he stuck, he stuck around. around. He stuck around, course. and, yeah. 
and and how how has he been involved in the journey? I think, how, and how did it affect him also? Well, my, my husband is one person. He, he doesn't show emotions. emotions, so. But I don't know. And that Somehow, makes us feel sometimes that they don't care. <laughs> they don't care. And I had said that he didn't. Um, he didn't give me the space to grieve. Because anytime he, he I realized he, he thinks I'm sad, he was like, I know the child of God, this is nothing, you know. Mm. <laughs> this is nothing. But um, I, I knew that was the best he, he was you also doing. Do. He felt he could do. He didn't want to see me all broken and all that. And so I had to force to be strong for myself and then portray that it was nothing. But within me, I was, was in a lot of, I was in lots of anguish. I was, I was sad because I felt I had had my first year of medical predicament already. Why do I have to go through all of this again? I mean, I, I felt at the initial stage that I had no strength. I didn't have the strength to go through all that I had to go through. And yeah, for him, I realized he was also reading a lot. Mm. And so he would come back and tell me, see, see, they say it's early stage. I, I spoke with this doctor friend of mine. I spoke with him. They say it's early stage. So it's, it's nothing. It's, it's, it's almost like it's, it is not cancer. Mm -hmm. You know, so he, he also kept assuring me you from that. Me, but the reality on the ground was our foster son lost the dad to cancer. Yeah. So everybody knew what cancer could, could do. do. The children knew that cancer could kill me just like it killed their brother's father. I was going to come to the children. Yeah. How did you break the news to them? So I, I sat them down. I told them that, yeah, um, it is cancer, but it is not the kind of cancer that, that kills, kills that I, I have. And of course, for the second and first, they knew I had gone through mm -hmm. some um, medical predicaments. So I assured them that just like I had survived those, those ones, ones, I was going to survive these two. I was going to do everything because of them to survive it. So all I needed was their prayers and that God listened to the prayers of children. So anytime they, uh, I mean, they, they, they are scared that I could die, they should just tell God that. Don't let mommy die. Don't let mommy die. <laughs> and I think that worked. I mean, yeah, it did work. It worked with them, huh? It, it worked with them. So, and the way I was in the house, I mean, it, it reduced the tension. I, I wasn't portraying sadness, so I mean, when, when, how, when they are How did you me, keep that keep that optimism up? Um, I I didn't want to be mourned before <laughs> if I would die, okay. and I needed a lot of positive energy and vibe around, around me, and I knew I had to ignite it myself. Wow! And I needed to ignite that positive energy. That so it wasn't everybody that I actually. No, my mom is somebody to. that I knew I could rely on for spiritual Support. intervention and all that, but I knew she would break down. Mm, so because, you didn't tell her? No, I didn't tell her the initial stage because she had already lost like two church members to breast cancer. Yeah. And this woman has, I mean, she, she saw me go through a lot of pain, up and down, theater, and I knew she would be devastated. And I didn't want people asking me, like somebody, like I knew she was going to ask me, my name is Seto, Seto, why? You know, it's like, you know, those kind of, I didn't want that pity party exactly. kind of thing. And, you it know, was I to depress you further. Exactly. So I, I, I kept it away from her. Even when I was going through chemotherapy, I didn't want her to know. And then one day I was forced to meet her face to face. I tried to avoid her 
I met face to face. She was like, ah, it looked like you are you are sick. You look darkened. What, what, what happened to your hair? Ah, and I told her that, oh, are you are you you know I told you that um, I had to go to Kolobu to have my system flashed because mm. <laughs> they, they felt the the previous surgeries I've had. I mean, must have left some toxics in my body, so I need to. So it, it is a process. I said, okay. So I silenced everybody around her because I knew she was going to consult friends that were that were in the medical field. Ah, my, my daughter, her hair is gone. She looks dark. She said, I knew she had condition with her brain, but she said it wasn't anything. So I silenced everybody. But when I, I had to go back to the theater again. I knew I had to bring her in. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Settle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now I understand that you're really, really a fighter. I will. I would want us to talk about because this is more family centered. I want to talk about how it's also impacted because we've also heard stories about how the men end up running away from their wives the moment they they realize that this is what is happening. I'm sure during your advocacy and all that, you have heard some of these stories oh, yeah. as well. And how, I mean, they are, the women are abandoned because they are going through this. And that also ends up becoming a whole issue. So you're mm. dealing with, you're battling life. Am I going to survive or not? Mm. You have all those thoughts. You probably are going through treatment. And I mean, we'll talk to Doc. You tell us how you felt, you know, during the treatments mm. and all that. And if they were working and ask Doc how all of these things feel. And if you have to combine it with an unsupportive um, spouse and, you know, family, how that impacts. And then we make the call for the support women need when they are going through mm. these things because for you to be thinking that i could lose my life and you're thinking about your children you're thinking about everything mm. and then there is that person in your life that you can't even lean on i'm sure it is even more devastating than anything sure so we will come back um to talk about that Big waves and emotion Like how a single word can make a heart open I might only have one match But I can make an explosion
morning. I brush my teeth with Kel Chaco toothpaste. This gives me confidence all day. Anytime you meet Ama, don't be surprised I smile showing my beautiful white teeth because I don't have cavity thanks to Kel Chaco toothpaste for its natural charcoal properties. In fact, we are like twins. I can't go without my Kel Chaco toothpaste. Sabi, why are they use Kel Chaco toothpaste morning and night when I go bed self? It make my teeth white when it come out every cent for my mouth inside. My confidence level they go up so I they show my 32 teeth all. Introducing the Kel Charcoal Toothpaste, formulated with activated bamboo charcoal powder, ensures whiter teeth and removes bad breath. The strong natural property of the activated bamboo charcoal removes bacteria, absorbs surface stains on our teeth caused by coffee, wines, and tobacco. Welcome, Kel Charcoal Toothpaste. Kel Charcoal Toothpaste. Sankofa Yenji. Kel Happy Smile. This advert is FDA approved. Hello, please. Am I speaking to Miss Joanna Kuma? Yes, please. Aha. Uh-huh. My name is Philip and I'm calling from MTN. Someone has just sent you money and we will need you to enter your PIN number so that we can put the money in your account. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, Dada. MTN will never ask you for your PIN. Never reveal your PIN to anyone under any circumstances. And if you are not sure, always check the number. MTN will only call you with a dedicated number 0244 300,000. Stay safe. Stay Vigilant. We are good together everywhere you go. In life, choice is good, but Choice Plus Safety is way better. Your safety and comfort is paramount. Under the cylinder recirculation model, you can buy LPG in a safe environment. All cylinders are inspected and maintained to the best safety standards, so your safety is assured. Just take your empty cylinder to the nearest exchange point and swap it for a filled cylinder. Different cylinder sizes will be available to meet your pocket size. Imagine cooking in a smoke-free environment. This will improve the health and well-being of you and your family. Choose LPG in a safer model of distribution. Cylinder recirculation model. Securing your safety. Creating more jobs. A message from the National Petroleum Authority under the patronage of the Ministry of Energy. Hi there, this is Lucy Quist, author of the book and convener of the conference, The Bold New Normal 2023. After a groundbreaking event last year, I am personally inviting you to this year's Mindset Shifting Conference. In addition to our seasoned speakers who will share invaluable insights, I will host the masterclass. Visit Lucy Quist on YouTube to view last year's sessions. Make a date with us at Pearly Gate Gardens in East Ligon at 8 a.m. on the 21st of October, 2023. We will start at 8 a.m. sharp. Visit lucyquist.com or Ego tickets to purchase your in-person or virtual seats. You can also dial star 713, star 33, star 52 hash. Come, let's take action to create our African prosperity together. See you.
Oh, yes. We Ooh. all have a lot of fights um, left in us. And this is Home Affairs. I have been talking to Mrs. Gina Jega. She is a breast cancer survivor. And we've been telling her story of hope and, you know, inspiring um our audience out there um, we've had some conversations in the background and you know yeah that seems to make me a bit unstable but yeah we're we're on if you're just joining us it's joy fm home affairs my name is edem naiti i'm here with gina and i have dr grace backman also on the line Enrich your breakfast with the nourishing goodness of Dana Milk Cool Cow Instant Powdered Milk. The rich taste of Dana Milk makes a perfect combination with your tea, oats, and cocoa to give you that great tasting breakfast you've always desired. Dana Milk Cool Cow is fortified with vitamin A and is also a good source of protein and nutrients such as vitamin B12 and iodine to help keep you nourished and strong always. Dana Milk is affordable and in a shop near you. Choose Dana Milk today for your nourishment and build your strength every day. Dana Milk Go for it. This advert is FDA approved. Now, let me give you MTN Momo security tip one. Make sure money has been deducted from your wallet when sending money to avoid multiple sending. That's from MTN. Ensure that money has been deducted from your wallet when sending money to avoid multiple sending. And for all your eye care challenges, look no further. Amasha Partners Limited and Eye Care has it all. Your eyes deserve the best quality designer eyeglasses. And Amasha Partners and Eye Care, they undertake the following services. Supply of designer frames, sight testing, supply of lenses, sunglasses, or contact lenses, ophthalmologist in attendance, and general treatment. Locate us at La Obstetric First, Spencer Sejacent, ICGC, before the Community 18 Junction, McCarthy Hill, Obstet Benji, Lodge, North Kanishi, Swan Lake, Obstet Green Hand Junction, Achimota, Second Floor, Dinswa Plaza, Takrade, Axim Road, um, Obstet the CBG Bank Hall, you can find them, Obstet the Housing Junction, Kumasi, they are the airport roundabouts, Kolibu, Obstet ECG, and in Kufuridua, they are other Central Hospital Road. And when you get to Tema, Find Meridian Plaza inside Community One. You find them there. Numbers to call 0302-939850 or 0302-778827. You can follow us on Facebook, X and Instagram. And yes, the stage is set for Africa's prestigious awards event. Join us to celebrate the men of the year at the 8th EMY Africa Awards on Saturday, the 14th of October at the Grand Arena Accra International Conference Center. Red carpet starts at 6 p.m. Partners, Joy FM, Joy Prime, Diaspora Affairs, Office of the President of Ghana, Rhythms Africa, EY Ghana, and Labadi Beach Hotel. Sponsors, NLA 590 Mobile, Arocha Ghana, Go Energy, Flora Tissues, Woodin, DVO Agana, and Specialized Water. And this is supported by Caveman Watches, Bargain, Bargain Ghana, Joe Persky, Eswabo Security, M Pedigree, Societe, MC Bansi Perfumes, um, 
Lamborghini Energy Drinks, Ghana Post, Think Home, Think Luxury, Prime Shades Limited, Media Partners, Joy FM, Joy Prime, EMY Africa Magazine. For contact, you can call 0302-0302-018870 and 0302-738720. The 8th EMY Africa Awards, inspiring greatness. And Momo Security Tip 2 Do not share or expose your Momo pin under any circumstance. Do not share or expose your Momo pin under any circumstance. Once again, thank you, Amasha Partners Limited and IK Yum Vita, a delicious way to grow Dano milk. Choose tasty milk, choose nourishment, choose Dano milk, Dano milk. Go for it. So back to you now, Gina. I was asking um, how this impacted um, intimacy with you and and your husband. Did it affect anything um, at all? I think it didn't. Okay. Because you I still w- had the strength to be intimate. Well, I didn't have the strength, but I I felt he he also felt the best way to comfort me to let me know i mean he's, he was with me what nothing was going to change was to get even more intimate with, with me. you uh, so and i appreciated that a lot because um i didn't have to worry myself about what was it thinking now my hair is gone my breast is gone i mean there, there was not there, there hasn't been any concern in that regard because he has always been there mm. he's, he's he's always been that close you know but if maybe he makes advances and i said no i don't feel well of course he knows i don't feel well but nothing i mean really really changed in that um sector tell me the need for support from partners and family members when women are going through this because you have been there the support from family members cannot be overemphasized i've observed a number of um People go through this journey, and uh, I can confidently conclude that those who have the support from family members always have the best outcomes. Mm. Yeah, mm. because you, you draw strength from them. It it makes the the journey less lonely. Because of course, even if you have people around, because in my case, I though I had people around me, my house is never empty, my home is never empty, but I felt lonely. Not lonely because nobody cared or anything, but it was more like they, they could not really appreciate what I was going through. Okay, and so even in that, I mean, scenario where I had people in concern. Oh, have you eaten? Are you okay? Have you taken your medication? And I, I was still feeling lonely. Then imagine where nobody is around. Is around or nobody cares. Okay, it becomes more devastating all to the extent where your, your husband abandons you. Mm-mm. It becomes even more devastating. I'm sure that could even kill you faster. It can kill. And I've seen many people's cases deteriorating just because of the support, the, the, the abandonment, the betrayal. So it becomes like two cancers. It's not one at all. It's, we have a lot of cases out there where, I mean, spouses or partners just go, they, they just vanish. Or they are there and... I mean, they, they, they are there as an additional cancer. Imagine 
Mm-hmm. A husband telling the wife that I know you, you are not going to survive this. Mm. I want you to know how much I love you, not when you die. So I'll begin to mourn you. And then he begins to wear black. Hey! Yes. And then he, he, he plays Dutch music around her just to, for her to know that, yeah. I mean, come to think, I don't know what it is. Out like, of is ignorance. this real? Real. So this is somebody I used to, to counsel. Okay, wow. and she she will call and we can talk for more than two hours. Wow. And I I'll be know. wondering, oh, what at all. So I, I prove her that then she open up that this is the situation at home. So it's like anytime she call, it's like she finds peace talking to me. She's at peace talking to me. You know, it is that bad. And then we have people asking their wives to choose between doing the surgery that could ultimately save their life and their marriage. Is that bad? Well, 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 what does that mean? Oh, so I mean, don't take the breast off. If you take it off, then the marriage is over. And this is a breast that I know you can't use for anything. You can't use for anything because which man is going to suck a breast that he knows contains breast cancer anyway? Ah, so really, it's just a way to, to get you to die. That is it. And unfortunately, we, we have women who will say, I make no say my main child. My husband oh. says I shouldn't take it off so and they end up dying i mean it's 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 um i i had a, a friend recently she was doing chemo there's somebody that had an accelerated breast no money and survivors like us were running around looking for support for her one day she just called Agina. he left home he didn't come back and i'm like maybe he's having trauma as well like he's going through a lot he said no Gina. the things he said before, Before he, he left the house, him. I'm very confident he's, he's not, not coming, coming back. back. I so let's give him time. Men also go through a lot. Our partners go through a lot. True. Maybe he's just overwhelmed. He never came back. So the only time um, he came back was recently when he came and picked his his items from the room. But how is she doing? Very, very, very well by God's grace. Very well. God has been very faithful. She responded very well to chemo. Because, of course, she, she told me about how she suspected there was infidelity. I was like, my sister, do you have strength to, to fight cancer about that and infidelity at the same time? Right now, it should be your life first. If you are alive, then you can think about, I mean... Whatever. <laughs> whatever. I'm not sure you have enough strength to fight those things. You know, and she said it made a lot of impact on her. So I think it's, I mean, support cannot be, I mean, overemphasized. It's very, very important, extremely important. And you see people like some other people who will tell me that, you know, I never thought about, I, I never was alone because like, there's always a, this will call you, are you okay? This will call you, do you need money for something? They, some don't even ask. They just push, check your momo in case you need money for anything. There are many people who would never come to them hospital alone you see their spouses with them when it's bad news they cry together when it's good news they i mean it's beautiful together. it's beautiful you see people doing um theater time their husbands are by their sides i mean it, it makes the journey less stressful it makes it less scary because you know you have people around you but where there is none oh, it gets overwhelming Guess what? I've seen many people. I mean, one lady I was doing, you know, what I do at Kolebo on hmm. uh, breast clinic days, 
I I share my story with the patient in the mornings before they get to see the doctors. And just when I started my story, this lady started crying. She was virtually wailing. I was like, did that say something to make you cry? She said no. But I stopped and took her aside. She said, like, she's lonely. All her family have dejected her. I said, mm. how? Why? Uh, she said she can't tell. But when she calls, nobody picks. Ever since she told them of their diagnosis, I said, at this, I mean, real sister's family, she said yes. And she can't explain why they just don't care. And she's so scared mm. that she might even be in the room. Something is happening to her and... I mean, there will be nobody to call on to. Imagine, this is cancer we are talking about. You, you're going through chemo, and sometimes you, you, you are not, I mean, not sometimes, most often you are not yourself. You need somebody to be there. And, and often you may want to even give up along the way. And you need your family or people close to you to hold, push you to not give up. So in the absence of all that, People do give up, especially where, I mean, when we are talking about family support, we are talking about emotional support, spiritual support, the financial support, psychological support. So in the absence of all of this, you can imagine, because breast cancer does not only affect us physically. Mm. I mean, all these areas I've mentioned. So I mean, it, it's not like one at all. You do, you, you do the emotional, then you leave the, the, other. the other. No, It's holistic. It should be holistic. Hmm. I have, um, there's a message here. Good morning, um, your girl, Sister Gina. Her story is very touching. Looking at how hectic her journey was, she's strong. I met her way back in 2018 in the hospital where she came for ultrasound and other labs. Since then, we became friends and I see her as, as well at Collywood. This is from Senyo in Adenta. Senyo, thank you for sending that in. Now, let me get back to Doc. Dr. Grace Backman. Okay, great. Hi, Adam. Yes. Doc, I want us to talk about, you know, um, the treatment. So, especially so, I mean, when it is detected at the early stages, like was detected in um, Gina's case. Gina, so you had chemotherapy. Yes, please. And then you had, did you do the radiotherapy too? Yes, please. And then which one again? Mastectomy. Oh, okay. And then I'm on hormonal therapy. Currently. Yes, please. I see. <laughs> Doc, what are all those? So, um, <laughs> I'm just a little emotional. I keep telling Gina that anytime we sit talk or anytime she sheds light on her story, I mean, it never gets over it. So much. Yeah, I, I, I never get used to it. And um, the same positive energy that she wanted to radiate during her treatment, that's the same positive energy we want to radiate. Um, throughout this month and beyond that mm -hmm. breast cancer is not a death sentence. I mean, look at how Gina is glowing. Look at how pretty she's looking. I tell you. Um, <laughs> so breast cancer is definitely not a death sentence. However, um, the difference comes in, as you rightly said, when the whole process is detected early, mm. um, like what happened in Gina's case. Yeah. So after you you go through everything and then um, it's diagnosed that definitely this is a breast cancer, you go through a number of processes. Okay. You don't see just one doctor. It's it's a multidisciplinary team. Um, as she said, it doesn't just affect you physically, mentally, socially. You know, every aspect of your life really is affected. So different specialists come to play. You have your surgeon, you have your oncologist, you have 
um, some specialized nurses, you have a psychologist, there are a number of people who come together to decide on which treatment plan is good for you. Here again, it's not um, the same treatment plan for everyone. Mm. The treatment plan that is um, decided on for you depends on a number of factors. People have breast cancer and they are probably in their postmenopausal period. Mm. People have breast cancer and they are young people like Gina, their reproductive wishes are de- generally different. People have breast cancer and you know all sorts of groups. So everyone is different. However, before your treatment plan is decided on you, we need to know the stage of the disease. Mm. So like we say, there are about five stages. Zero one, that's like the very early stage of the disease. So even sometimes we say the stage zero is more of a pre-cancer. It's, it's just in the cells. It's not started moving out of the cells. Um, and then when you get to your stage three, four, especially the stage four, that's where we say you have the advanced um, cancer where the cells have moved from the breast to other structures in your body. And at that point, unfortunately, it becomes very difficult to manage. That's why you'll be talking about palliation and all that. So the reason why we are making a lot of noise is to make sure a lot of us, if you will be ever diagnosed of breast cancer, it should be diagnosed at least stage zero, stage one. Let's have about 70% at least of our cases here being diagnosed at early stages. And then you can talk about the numerous treatment options that you have. And at this stage, when you are diagnosed, your survival rate is almost like almost 100%. Mm. First of all, the treatment options Gina mentioned, you can have two broad options. There is one group that is targeted at the breast itself. So that's the local treatment. So for those ones, we, the two main things are the surgery and the radiation. So for your surgery, it's not everyone who has breast cancer that has to lose their breasts. Okay. I, that's one of the things, you know, a lot of people are scared of. Um, you don't have to lose the whole breast if ex- especially your cancer is diagnosed at a stage zero. It can be preserved. You can have what we call a lumpectomy, where just the cancer cells are taken and a free margin also taken out. So the whole breast doesn't have to come out. And the only condition is if it is diagnosed very, very early. So if you are scared of losing the whole breast, then be very, you know, conscious about your screenings and all that. So that should in case breast cancer is ever diagnosed in your life, you can possibly preserve the breast. However, in cases where, you know, it's not too early and we, we can't take chances, everything needs to come out. So that is the type of surgery she talked about, the mastectomy. So the mastectomy is where the whole breast is, is coming out. So that's that. these treatments are the surg- surgical options targeted on the breast. The other one is the radiation therapy. So she also mentioned the radiation. For the radiation, we are using more like X-ray radiations to target the breast and kill the cancer cells. And it also helps generally with um, making sure that cancer cells don't recur even after your immediate treatment. Then the other treatment options that she mentioned, most of them are the systemic treatments. So these ones don't just tackle the cells in your breast, but it also tackles cells in other parts of your body so that in future the cancer cells don't recur again. 
there are a few people that sometimes, you know, you finish your treatment and you realize there was some distance met in an organ somewhere that might probably have been missed. So one of the commonest systemic therapies is chemotherapy, like what Gina mentioned. So chemotherapy is just um, medications that are given to kill fast-growing cells. And what happens, unfortunately, is that it's not only the cancer cells in your body that are fast-growing cells. You have other cells in your body. So the chemo medications that are given to you is not able to distinguish clearly between what are cancer cells and what are probably hair cells, what are nail cells, what are so. Although it's working on your cancer cells, it can also affect some parts of your body. Mm. That's why those doing chemo would have generally darkening of their skin because it affects the skin cells as well. That's why some people will lose their hair because it will affect your hair cells as well. So that's why some people will have their nails becoming very, very dark. And these are some of the things that sometimes people are worried about losing your hair because, I mean, a woman and her hair, hmm. you know. However, the good news is that just give yourself a few weeks after your final chemo session. All these things will come back again. Look at Gina sitting there with, you know, her hair and the skin all glowing, if she doesn't tell you she went through chemo and no, all, you will not, not know. True. Exactly. So the chemo drugs affect some other cells um, in your body as well. But once you finish all the cycles, all these things come back to normal. The other um, thing she mentioned was the hormonal therapy that she's even taken up to now. What happens is that for everyone, once your breast cancer is diagnosed and the biopsy is taken, there are some receptors on the cancer cells. So the three typical receptors that we have are the estrogen, progesterone, and the HER2. These are three common receptors. And these things make the cancer cells even divide more abnormally and all that. So what the hormonal therapy does is that it's, it makes more the hormonal receptors on your cancer cells more like irrespons like not to be very responsive. Um, so it reduces the effect of the hormones on the cancer cells so that they don't grow. Mm. So that's what these hormonal therapy also, also do. And then there are some other things like the targeted therapy, immunotherapy. With the immunotherapy, what we are doing generally is to increase your own immune system so that your system will be able to fight the cancer cells. So in, in, in conclusion, I'll just say that now, breast cancer is not equal to death. It's not one of those cancers that we can't do anything about. There are a lot of advances, even with the medications, even with the chemo drugs, even with the radiation, hormonal. Every day, there are new studies. Every day, new things are coming out. And it's getting better and better. In high-income countries like the U.S., breast cancer, no one gets breast cancer and, you know, Dies. dies but unfortunately because here a lot of people are presenting late that's 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 the main challenge we are having here okay. but once you are diagnosed and is diagnosed early trust me if measures are put in place breast cancer can be equal to almost a kill okay great Doc, before we go we have just a few minutes i want to find out from you so apart from the regular you know screening um no i remember when we did the the launch you talked about know what your normal breast feels like so that when you think it is a bit out of the normal then you can you know um 
begin to ask more questions and 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 then get answers for them but i want to find out um usually how does it present for for people like in in gina's case it was a lump and then you know they were playing with the lump because <laughs> it freaked people out you know <laughs> apart from the lump which other ways does it present what else are you likely to see especially so at the onset okay um before we even go to that let me just mention again the role of the men so the role of the men especially when it comes to breast cancer presentation okay i have just three support. minutes oh you have just three minutes okay. yes please so um there are a number of ways in which breast cancer can present um the lump as you mentioned However, you can also have some changes on the skin of your breasts. So um, you can have some rashes, you can have what we call dimpling, like the same dimple sometimes we see on our cheeks. Um, sometimes the breast can appear like the way oranges look like with all those small, small things. We call it a pot orange. And with time, so you can have what we call a nipple discharge. So if you are not breastfeeding, um, we're not expecting to see a milk or anything from your breast. But sometimes in breast cancer, once you express the nipple, you can see some probably bloody discharge and all that. So at the early stages, these are some of the things that you can see. Most of the times it's the lump. And okay. most of the times it's a painless lump. And a lot of people will say that, oh, I was just touching it or my partner was touching it and felt something there. And with time, you can see changes in the breast, the skin changes that I've mentioned and also change in size. Probably you have, most people have one breast just a little bigger than the other, but then Maybe all of a sudden one just becomes too big, so big um, out of proportion, and then it should also increase um, your suspicion, your suspicion of um, breast cancer. Okay, thank you. We're going to be doing this all month. So next week, I guess we'll have time for you to bring in the men properly, so they know what they have to know. <laughs> thank you, Gina. Your final words today before you leave us. Okay, <clears throat> I just hope that. We'll get to where you have two minutes oh. okay we'll get to where um one day everybody will be aware of breast cancer mm -hmm. everybody will have um equal access to treatment and equal opportunity to survive uh, because it goes beyond early detection there are a lot of gaps in the system that needs to be bridged mm. because you can be you can detect it early when you don't have the means you won't be able to you will go not be able way. to control and you will eventually die and i also want to appeal to the society that if we go through all of this and we survive all we need is a little love and respect i don't see why i should be ashamed to come out to say i'm a breast cancer survivor i don't see why i cannot tell my mbaku at church that i survived breast cancer or i'm going through breast cancer but many cannot because of stigma ah there's stigma for this one too oh yes there is oh how there is there is wow yes there is that is why we have a lot of survivors around but they will not they won't tell their they stories will not tell their story because of what people say sometimes i didn't they say think this was hate. one of the things that we should stigmatize <laughs> wow yeah Because recently, I even heard somebody say, am, am I not scared for my girls that me coming out telling the whole world that I had breast cancer? Am I, am I not scared that they might um, not have uh, husbands to marry them because of me? 
I mean, ah. oh yeah. Oh, is that bad? It's that bad. Okay. It's that bad. And it hurts. It will. We, we are not asking for too much. Just a little respect Support. for what we have gone through. Because it takes a lot to survive something like cancer. It takes so much. So all we are asking for, if you can't support us, don't stigmatize. Thank you very much, Gina. Thank you. Wow. This indeed has been um, <laughs> a story of courage, survival, and hope. And thank you very much for coming to share your story with us. That's what happened. I think now a lot of people will be energized and would want to quickly go and get screened and find out what's happening. If there's nothing, good to go. If there is something and it is detected, detected at the early age we're learning from gina we are learning from doc here this morning that um your survival rate is almost a hundred percent if it is detected early and you follow through with whatever treatment that will be proffered for your particular case because from what we are learning from doc is not a one-size-fits-all approach your case may be different 